Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Sure Top Roofing presents the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. I'm Eric Smith, and with us, your host, Donnie Blanchard from SureTop Roofing. Afternoon, Donnie. Afternoon. Having a great day. How about you? Yeah, doing the same. Donnie's last name in French, Blanchard. I think <laughs> I, I checked so. that out. Yeah. The CarolinaContractor.com is a website you can go to to find out details of this show and listen to past episodes. Last week, we were talking about contractors in general, no pun intended, general contractor joke there. When you hire a general contractor to do work at your house, they're going to list a lot of things that they can do. They're going to have stuff on their trucks that says we're insured and licensed. Mm-hmm. You need to, as a homeowner, before you hire a contractor, check up on those things. Make sure they are insured, that their insurance covers all their workers or any subs, that their licenses are up to date. And the good thing is there's a lot of websites that you can check to confirm that information. That's right. So you can go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, for more information on that. Hey, speaking of past episodes, last week we were fortunate enough to air before the Carolina Appalachian State pregame show, and myself being an app grad, I got to attend the game, and this was something that happened just magical. But we're at the <laughs> tailgate prior to the game, and um, actually a few cars had the radio show on in anticipation of the pregame show for UNC, and um, just really a neat feeling to see folks listening to the show and maybe it was involuntary but it still felt good <laughs> and um you know afterwards of course i can check the interaction on the website and the podcast and that sort of thing and we just had a ton of traffic compared to what's normal so thank you to everybody who interacted sent us questions this past weekend and just checked out the show for the first time we really appreciate it but today we got a lot of topics we're going to be talking about asbestos in a few minutes but first donnie you brought up something all this talk of recession but interest rates for mortgages are still super duper low. Yep, this was at the top of the news feed, and that thirty-year uh, fixed rate came in at three point six four this week, and that's down from last week when it was actually three point seven three. And a year ago, this same interest rate was four point seven two. So I'd say things are still on the up and up. And I would agree with that because my wife and I refinanced to a fifteen. We were in a thirty-year arm. And that's an adjustable rate mortgage. And we switched to a 15-year fixed, and we got, we're closer to the 472. And we're not realtors. We're not mortgage specialists in any ways. This is just average Joe talk. But if you can afford to refinance your home and lock in a lower rate, this is a great time to do it. It is. Go for it. And especially a fixed. The adjustables have pros and cons, but I just like knowing what my mortgage payment's going to be this month and 10 years from I now. I feel the same way. The word today is asbestos, and we hear it a lot. You hear it in commercials, uh, law firms talking about if you've got cancer from asbestos, call Mm -hmm. them. We hear about how to remove it. You see it on the sides of trucks and billboards, asbestos, asbestos, asbestos. But what do you actually know about it? Speaking of that, one thing I read that caught my attention is that asbestos is almost exclusively responsible for mesothelioma, and uh, you hear that word a lot. Mm -hmm. and You don't realize that it's linked back to something that's so common as a building product. Actually, asbestos showed up a little over 4,500 years ago. A Finnish potter actually discovered a stone that was made of a long, stringy fiber 
that mixed well with the clay that they used for their pottery. It was strong, it was flexible, and it was heat resistant, so it gave them a chance to make a thinner walled version of their pottery that was mm. twice as strong. Nobody at that time realized the health ramifications, but Greeks, Romans, and Egyptians all jumped on board. History shows asbestos being used in all those different cultures. But about 2,000 years ago, the Romans actually documented a case where a lot of their slave workers were getting a sickness of the lungs, and everyone attributes that to the popularity of asbestos in their building products at that time. Uh, it wasn't until about 1930 when there was a death in the U.K. Uh, one of the local doctors there did some research testing, and that actually led to required ventilation in the 1930s for these mills that were using asbestos as a common product. So it's been around for a long time. And to give you a basic idea of the makeup of asbestos, it's a, it's just a mineral you find in nature, as Donnie said. And it's naturally flexible. It's, as you pointed out, resistant to heat, electricity. It doesn't corrode. It's a great insulator mm -hmm. when it's mixed with other materials. It adds strength to it. So by every aspect, it's a great material on the surface. Mm -hmm. This was like a miracle back in the day. They didn't have anything that worked as well as we do now. So now we know what it is. We know where it came from or where it was originally discovered. But what building products are commonly known to have it that we hear asbestos is in? When I first got started in the building business, you know, you always saw it on roofing products and siding. You know, if you tore off some siding on a house down below that would usually be a, a layer of siding that was made from asbestos and it's almost like a granulated surface like a shingle would be and they came in small sections so you could take those off individually and replace those but uh, no one knew when they were using this that it was going to be a health hazard down the road and when you dive into each product that asbestos is used in it's kind of scary drywall mud for instance is something that they used to put asbestos in popcorn ceilings are popular place to find asbestos. Uh, not all popcorn ceilings. I think we mentioned that if your house was built before 1980, those are the ones that you really want to check. Well, the thing about popcorn ceilings is not just this the asbestos or the chance of it. It's mm -hmm. just they're ugly. Yeah. So go ahead and clear that out for any reason. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But things like window caulk, um, the black adhesive you see under floor tile, um, sheet vinyl is something that they used asbestos as a backer on. And uh, I'll get into how that spilled over after 1980 in just a moment. But we thought we got rid of asbestos in the 70s and 80s yeah. because we were aware of it and it just went away. And you don't hear folks talk about it until it is an issue. But products with asbestos sold as recently in building supply houses as 2006. Wow. So, so just 13 years ago. That's right. And they leaked through the system somehow. And, you know, these things have been tested and they tested positively and uh, they were using leftover materials. So, for instance, sheet vinyl, you have a flooring company and they've got several rolls of the vinyl that goes down on a kitchen floor or bathroom floor, and they put those away or the company gets bought out and that kind of gets lost. Well, you open that vault 10, 15 years later, and you've got a 100 vinyl remnants that you just sell off, and you don't give it much thought, but those are covered in asbestos on the backside. And, you know, basically you're putting a whole floor of asbestos in a newer home. And real quick, Donnie, how is asbestos dangerous? So if somebody has it on the flooring or mm -hmm. the wall, are they in danger? No. So it's usually harmless until... It goes airborne. So the key is when we mention drywall mud, for instance, uh, drywall mud goes on the drywall to cover the seams and just mm -hmm. patch the nail holes and that sort of thing. But you still have to sand that drywall mold. So when it's sanded, those particles go airborne and you can breathe those in. The big danger of that is that if you breathe in any kind of asbestos product, the asbestosis that comes from that doesn't manifest until as much as 20 years later. So you really don't know that anything's happening. But when that stuff gets trapped in your lungs, your mucus just can't break it down. So that's where the harm lies. And is this a product that's still being manufactured or mined today? It, it is. So it's a big misconception that it's banned in the U.S., but it's actually legal in the U.S. It's just heavily regulated. So there's huh. still still 
companies across the country that use this for gaskets, uh, friction products, roofing products, fireproofing is a big one, and just several other things. And uh, everybody thinks that it's illegal, but definitely is not. Um, a couple of countries that are big time with asbestos still are Russia and China. I think Russia is the largest exporter of asbestos in the world right now. And uh, I believe that the largest mining town they have for asbestos is actually a town called Asbest or something like that. <laughs> so they didn't get the name from that, but maybe they named the town after it. I didn't go that far in my research. But, um, yeah, this is a big deal. There's about 100,000 documented worldwide deaths every year from wow. occupational exposure to airborne fibers. And, and I uh, guess to the U.S. not being as significant, but that's right. That's more right. of the countries like China and Russia where it's not regulated. So we know it's a very dangerous thing, and it's when asbestos is airborne. And, again, this is the Carolina Contractor Show. We're talking about asbestos today. Okay, we now know the dangers of it, and it's an, when it's airborne, like when it's been sanded, or I guess when a house is being deconstructed mm-hmm. and somebody pulls out a wall, there's a chance for that. Are there a lot of homes in the U.S. that still have asbestos in it then? So the big thing you want to look for is when the home was built. So if the home was built prior to 1980, there's a good chance that there's asbestos products all through the house. Okay. Uh, I interviewed a gentleman who does asbestos abatement, and he said that the most recently constructed house that he's found a positive test was 1989. So wow. the way it worked when they started to regulate this stuff in 1979 is they said, you can't sell any more of these products with the asbestos in there. However, get rid of what you have on your shelf right now and just don't buy any more of it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's how a lot of these things leak through to 1989. But when I heard 2006, that's just a little too close to now for mm-hmm. comfort. A homeowner, say they have a house that's that old or older than that. Is there something they should do? You could always call an asbestos abatement company. I believe that the cheapest thing to do is just order uh, at-home test kit, and if you have popcorn ceilings and you know your house was built before 1980, there's a way to test that to see if asbestos is present, and I believe a $30 at-home test is a good start, and if that's the case, of course, you want to contact someone who's licensed and insured as an abatement company, and they they go through the due process to get rid of everything in the exact right way. Now, you also talked about that it used to be in flooring materials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A company that tends to do a big flooring project will buy extra material. Mm-hmm. So let's go back in the Wayback Machine. Set okay. it to back to 1978. Okay. They have extra. They tend to store that stuff because a lot mm-hmm. of flooring material will last forever they if will. it's put on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Someone today talks to a independent flooring company and they go, yeah, we got some old flooring over there. Hey, that's great. Can I have it? Mm-hmm. Sure. So maybe advice is don't use old flooring, don't right. use old products, even if they look good, because Absolutely. if they were manufactured before the early 80s, they could have asbestos in them. I think what you said is a great point. Most homeowners don't realize that it's even a thing, and most builders don't know what to look for. So the homeowner and the builder are usually the two folks involved in that conversation with the old flooring. But, yeah, definitely steer clear of any type of old building materials, things that, that were from – Pre-1980, especially if that stuff's around, you want to steer clear. And as far as knowing if you've ever had exposure to this, uh, of course, that's uh, something you can see your doctor about. But I read that folks who were in the construction field between 1940 and 1960 are the most common people that, that they see with the harmful effects of this asbestos. And, you know, folks in their 60s or so, the really bad thing is that there's no way to reverse the cellular damage this stuff does. So it's a really big deal on a lot of levels. We've been talking about asbestos on the Carolina Contractor Show. Donnie will put some more information up about this at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. The main thing is you can't look at your house and say, oh, look, I can see it has asbestos in it. Or you can't do a scratch test and visually see it. As Donnie said, there's all there's home test kits you can get. 
But if you're concerned that your house might have asbestos, I think the best thing to do is call a pro who can come in and determine that. Agreed. All right, and coming up next, it's time for questions. If you have one you'd like Donnie to answer, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Submit your name there and put your question in. Donnie reads and answers them all. Sometimes he'll come out to your house, as I've said before. It's not a creepy thing. He doesn't do it unannounced. He'll he'll call you and say, hey, I want to look at this, and then we answer these questions on the show. That's coming up next on the Carolina Contractor Show. We'll be back with more of the Carolina Contractor presented by Sure Top Roofing. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor. With your host, Donnie Blanchard, presented by Sure Top Roofing. And it's our favorite time of the show. Well, at least it's my favorite part of the show because I don't have to do any thinking. <laughs> no you pressure. have to do all the thinking. I right? just have to read. We're answering questions from listeners just like you. Go to thecarolinacontractor.com to submit your question about your house, your roof, or other things related to it. And Donnie will answer them. We've got a nice list here. Freshly printed out. Remember back in school when they would use that special blue ink printer and when the uh, papers would come, everybody smell the papers. Before my time. Yeah, I, was a, I see what you did there, you whippersnapper. Uh, well, great. let's jump in the question, Smart Alec. Number one, we would like a detached garage built, but we can't find any plans online that we like. Any recommendations? Yep. Uh, garage is a really simple thing to design, and sometimes you don't really need a set of drawings for a garage that you can't just get from a trust manufacturer. Uh, we build these things all the time, and um, these detached garages are not as involved as you think. And that is one area you can save money is going to a trust manufacturer and saying, hey, I, I want a 30 by 50 building, for instance, and they design all the loads all the way down to the foundation and basically spec out everything. However, uh, that's going to be dictated by the municipality that you build in, so a lot of folks still will want elevations and a floor plan for the garage. But uh Definitely a simple layout. Uh, there are a lot of garage plans available online, but what we do is we normally design these for a homeowner. Uh, myself being an architecture major in college, uh, it doesn't take an hour to, to go in there and just design a layout. And one thing we recommend with a custom design garage is that you print it out on a 24 by 36, which is an architectural C in the printer world. But um, basically, I advise folks to go in there and everything you think you want to put in that garage, scale it out. So measure your cars. Uh, measure your ATVs or boats, whatever you want to put in there, and you actually print this two-scale plan out, and you can make cutouts that are about the same as your car. I recommend that folks place those cutouts inside the garage on a full scale so you can see if your door's open, is it going to bang a wall or is it going to bang a ne the next car mm -hmm. over, and things like that just make it a much better outcome because you don't get something that you didn't plan for. But if there were a few tips I could advise these folks on is no small dormers. If you have a dormer, or say you have living space above the garage, that small dormer has just about as many cuts as a really wide dormer. So I recommend going the length of the garage with a larger dormer because, number one, it gives you head space, and there's just no wasted building materials in that. Also, dormers are leak-prone. That's just a side note coming from a roofer there is when I used to draw all my own blueprints for houses, I basically cut out everything I could that would go through the roof, like dormers or chimneys. And if those things aren't needed, you just don't want to put them in there for a certain look. A floor drain is a good thing to prepare for. So you can shower. Yeah. So if you need a shower in your garage mm -hmm. or give your car a shower. Um, 
a floor drain is definitely one of those things that's cheap and easy to put in from the get-go, but nearly impossible to retrofit. I'm a big fan, and we talk about this with a with a home build and single family, but a chase for the future. So if you have, a say, a three- or four-inch pipe that you could run from the bottom floor all the way up through the attic space into the, the living space above, you can always have a, a passageway for any wires or whatever the latest, greatest technology will be in 10, 20 years. When you do self-aware robots that will kill you. No, hopefully so not. So you can hide in the garage. Oh my, yeah. Make your garage with two by six walls so the robots can't get through, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but no, a floored attic. A lot of people say, "Well, I'm never going to put anything up there." But if it's nothing else but storage, the trusses don't cost any more to get a cavity built in the trusses. It's just a different configuration. Where the extra cost comes in is the three quarter inch plywood, but that's minimal when you consider the amount of square footage that you'll get. And another thing is, I'm just a fan of a steeper pitch. The more aggressively water flows off of that roof system, no matter what roof you use on there, it's just for the, the betterment in terms of the lifespan of the, the roofing material. Now, Donnie, does Suretop Roofing do garages? We do. Yes, sir. We uh, we do the custom design. We we frame everything in-house. We do all our own siding, roofing, boxing, and that sort of thing. Pretty much just the garage doors are the only thing we, we sub out there. All right, now, I notice with garages a lot, they're not used to park cars anymore. <laughs> Are you, you talking about mine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So do people uh, ever have a garage built and maybe don't intend to use it just for cars or have a secondary purpose? Absolutely. One of the folks that approached us recently wants a man cave garage hybrid. And, uh, of course, his wife is bucking him on that. And the compromise I came up with, I said, let's do this. Let's just do the same size garage we planned and split it right down the middle. We'll do an above-ground man cave on one side and a she-shed on the other. And uh, <laughs> now the now the fight is over the percentage. Who gets a 60-40? So 50-50 oh. didn't shake out. But. All right, question number two submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com. Just curious if synthetic underlayment is worth the upgrade cost. Yes. There, we're done. Next question. <laughs> go ahead. Maybe no, go into detail. You, you, no, you definitely answered it the way I would. Tar paper is just something that they've used for years and years, and in my opinion, it will eventually become obsolete. 15-pound felt paper is a lot cheaper than the synthetic, but when you get into the 30-pound felt, which is what I recommend if you absolutely have to use felt, uh, it normally runs about the same price. And the big misconception with synthetic is that it's really expensive. Well, 10 years ago when I was using it under metal roofs as a builder, it, it was very expensive. But new products are coming along that are closing that gap every day. As a matter of fact, uh, we buy it by the pallet, so we get it a little bit cheaper. But we offer it at no extra charge. And synthetic is just a good idea, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's rated 10 times stronger than tar paper. Yeah. So, uh, you know, tear resistance, if it's going to be exposed in a new construction application and you get a 30-mile-an-hour wind coming through there, it's going to resist that wind where tar paper would basically just shred off and you'd have a few button caps left over and no underlayment. Um, it's rated six times lighter. So structurally speaking, it's it's superior to the tar paper in that aspect. Meaning um, it doesn't put extra load on the roof. Exactly. As far as uh, if you've ridden by a new construction with tar paper, you've seen it looks like it's wrinkly, like there are worms or something yeah you know it's yeah. it's just a funky like looking. it's infested it, exactly and um you know the the weather is the culprit there but synthetic is not affected by anything it's almost like putting a tarp over your entire roof and under your shingles so in terms of cheap insurance that's your second layer protection and to me it's just a no-brainer another advantage of the synthetic is we can buy it in a four-foot roll where tar paper is three foot so in terms of the application it goes on as easy as you'd like anything to. Uh, my guys in the field are big fans of it because it's grippy. So there's actually a fiber woven into the synthetic underlayment, and it just gives you a lot more traction. So if you have to walk on that sort of thing, it's just a, a lot better than the tar paper, which average size man, you know, tar paper will tear right out from under your feet if you step on it in the wrong place. But 
you know, the exposure time is six months, I believe, as most synthetic underlayments will guarantee that their product can stay exposed to the weather, whereas uh, tar paper is just a few hours or a few days. It's just wow. one of those things that could become damaged. But the ultimate underlayment that people don't give consideration is ice and water shield. This is almost like a commercial membrane product, and we get a lot of our listener questions that are tailored around ice and water shield, but there are two types of ice and water shield, and people don't talk about that very much. They actually have a high-temperature ice and water shield, and if you use a metal roof or an aluminum roof at the coast, they recommend that the high-temperature ice and water shield be used under that. Reason being, or the big difference, is it's not granulated. If you've ever felt a piece of ice and water shield, it's basically like a three-foot-wide roll of a shingle, and it comes in 50-foot increments, and uh, it's just a very grippy, sandy texture, whereas that HT, or high-temp, is a smoother application. And um, what we're seeing trending in the roofing world is that folks are getting us to cover the entire roof in ice and water shield before the shingles go on. The beauty of that is every single nail, six nails per shingle, every single nail that goes through that ice and water shield, the ice and water seals around that nail shaft. Mm -hmm. So it's the ultimate leak barrier. So one reason having the exposure for six months is good because a a house could have a stalled project for whatever reason. You don't have to worry about it. You mentioned tar paper. It tears easy. A 30-mile-per-hour windstorm Mm -hmm. can come through and cause it to get rips. So if you're having a house built or a roof Mm -hmm. done and they put tar paper on, and you see rips in it, are they going to change it, or are they going to just Somebody somewhere has got to come back and patch that before the shingles. But, yes, in most cases, you'll never see the tear. Some roofers will just cover that over, and you'll have torn underlayment under under there. So, you know, heaven forbid you have a windstorm that takes off shingles, and then you get water in the house instantaneously mm-hmm. because there's no second layer of protection. The most common scenario we see in a new construction build is when a framer finishes, he puts the underlayment on for us in most cases. And so if I can't get... In there, right behind the framer, you've got plumbing, mechanical, electrical, Mm -hmm. some big-time trades that need a watertight environment to do their work in. That house could sit for two or three weeks while I'm waiting to fall in behind the framer. So that synthetic is just a really good product, and and, and I totally endorse it. Again, you said SureTop Roofing. You don't charge extra for using that. We don't charge extra just because we don't want to get into it with the homeowners that there's an upgrade. But in terms of me putting my stamp on a product and feeling good about it in 30 years, that's why I do it. So you do it all also for yourself. We do it, yes. We yeah. don't use tar paper anymore. Very good. All right. TheCarolinaContractor.com is a place to submit your question for Donnie and SureTop Roofing. We are thinking of buying a renovated mill apartment. What is your opinion on them structurally? We actually do work for a local company in Raleigh Hedgehog Holdings, and uh, they buy these old mills, and they actually renovate them and maintain them. And uh, they've got a couple of really neat projects that we've been fortunate enough to work with them on. But um, the thing I'll say about this is a lot of people don't like the look of an old building. I am a sucker for style when it comes to this. <laughs> Preach. So, yeah, Victorian with the arches, and they've got keystones over the windows and, you know, these towers that used to serve another purpose. But right now they're just this nice aesthetic backdrop, and I just love stuff like that. It's not for everybody. The most important thing is the structure. You can rest assured if you move into one of these apartments after it's been renovated that the engineers have been all over the structural aspect of this. They still have to pass current building codes, so usually they're really well insulated. A lot of times they are forced to put the ductwork inside of the living space, which I'm a huge fan of. You know, ductwork ideally doesn't belong on top of a flat roof or in your attic cavity for it to be its most efficient. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good things. Um, We ran into one locally where they used the wrong roofing application. So basically they had a huge mold problem because they trapped all the moisture underneath the roof. And that was just a mistake by the architect. And and of course, that's just one of those things that didn't affect the average homeowner. But no, I wouldn't be leery of buying one of these. I think it's structurally just fine. It's going to be well insulated. And 
I just like the look of these things. Next question submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com. It seems cheap to add more coverage on our homeowner's insurance. Is it worth it? Unique question. This was a good one, and I don't know how we haven't covered this up until now, but I'll take off my contractor hat and put my insurance hat on from back in my 20s. Why is it pink and fuzzy? It's just a, well, anyway. Different time, different day. The 80s. Yeah. Insurance companies require you to carry at least 80% of the value of the house. And what Mm -hmm. this does is give you RCV coverage, which is replacement cost value. Most people who have ever had a homeowner's insurance claim are familiar with ACV and RCV, ACV being actual cash value. When an insurance company does an estimate for you, they are required to do something called an ITV report, which means insured to value. This is a checks and balances on their end to make sure that you carry the appropriate amount of insurance. So if you have a $400,000 house, you should carry at a minimum $320,000 worth of homeowner's insurance. Uh, the answer to the question is, yes, it is cheaper to get more insurance, and it's always a great idea to be overinsured versus underinsured. I'll explain the ramifications of being underinsured. When you get an insurance claim, they pay you per RCV. They pay you the total dollar amount. They depreciate each one of those dollar amounts according to the age of the house. That depreciated number is called the ACV or actual cash value, which mm-hmm. is the dollar amount they pay you up front minus your deductible. So the ACV payment is what you get to get the work started. After the work is completed, usually you can submit a certificate of completion or a picture to the insurance company showing them that it's finished, and they will issue that depreciation. So RCV policies and homeowners insurance always guarantee that the depreciation is 100% recoverable. Where people get burned is if you don't have enough homeowner's insurance and that ITV report yields that you have inadequate coverage, the ACV is all that you get. So that means the insurance company keeps the depreciation. Things like renter's insurance only are ACV policies. They don't let you get the depreciation back. I'll tell you a story where this really came to light is when I worked in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, there were insurance agents abandoning the city by the tens because what happened is a lot of these agents got lazy. And over the years, they just had so many people that they didn't stay on top of it. And a lot of these folks who were flooded or had their house damaged were underinsured. So, you know, you're talking $250,000 flood policy that got maxed out. And then you're talking another $100,000 win claim from the other policy that mm-hmm. they had. And these folks are getting shorted something to the tune of a hundred to 200 grand. Wow. So, yeah, there were there were folks headhunting these insurance agents who made a big mistake. And ultimately, it's the homeowner's responsibility. A good agent will stay on top of that. But it's just not something you talk about until it's needed. So until you have a claim or something like this show prompts you to go check on your insurance Mm -hmm. coverage, it's just a good idea to stay on top of it or set yourself a reminder every couple of years to make sure that the value of your house hasn't shot up. And it's a great idea to pick your insurance agent's brain. And if you're paying him these monthly premiums with mm-hmm. no questions, that's the least he could do for you. That's right. You want more information? Go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. We'll put up all these questions. You can submit your own details on today's show. And next week, one of the things we'll be talking about is why the building code was established. What year was it established, Donnie? 1983. How old were you in 1983? Five. I was 13. <laughs> I was in junior high school, and Donnie was, well... Yeah, He-Man and G.I. Joes were my only concern back then. <laughs> and strangely enough, they still are for Donnie, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Visit Donnie's website at SureTopRoofing.com. When it comes to your roof, you take a look at it, and you go, you know, this roof is its more than a decade old, or you see something that looks wrong with it, you're not sure. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. Let Donnie and his team come out there. They'll take a look at it and let you know if it just needs a small repair, if you're due for replacement, or the best thing Donnie can tell you is what? Your roof looks great. Call me next year. And we will see you next week on the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor, presented by SureTop Roofing. 
Brought to you by GAF Roofing, Shingles and Materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com and tune in next Saturday as we continue to help make your home great again. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. 